Holy crap. I did not expect for the trade deadline to be this crazy and this active for the Detroit Pistons. Tom Gore said that change was going to be made at the end of December, and man, did it did change happen today. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. For usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen. Of every single day, we're free and available on our podcast platforms. If you haven't already head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. I am absolutely shocked. Let me start this off by saying this. I was clearly wrong. Clearly, clearly wrong. A few days ago, I said I thought it was very likely that the Pistons would just be completely quiet. Even yesterday, I said that it looks like it's more likely they'll make moves. But even then, I still would probably rather bet my money that they don't make any moves outside of moving Killian Hayes, which they ended up doing. Uh, but they made uh, – th- this is a completely new roster after the trade deadline. Uh, Tom Gore said changes needed to be made, and it took two months. Actually, it took the entire season. It took four months. Uh, but they have made changes to almost basically the entire roster. Let's just look at this. Later on, we'll talk about what the goal for the rest of the season is, by the way, and what the starting lineup may look like for the rest of the year. Um, but let's just go through this. These are the players. Now, there were some players that the Pistons traded for that just eventually got waived. So those guys were never going to mention about them. They were just basically salary cap, uh, acquired a second-round pick with them like Daniel House, and just to make salary cap work, and they waived them. They, expiring contracts it basically is nothing so now we're going to talk about them at all um, but these are the players that the Pistons traded for and are still on the team Simone Fontecchio, Quinn Grimes, Troy Brown Jr., Malachi Flynn, Shake Milton, and Evan Forney that's six new players on the team six now before they made waves they had gotten up to a roster of 19 players they had to wave and get down to 15. The players that have left the Detroit Pistons Killian Hayes, Joe Harris, Kevin Knox, Boyan Bogdanovich, Monte Morris, and Alec Burks. If you go all the way back to the trade against Washington or for with Washington, they added also Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari. That's eight players now added, and they got rid of Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Liver. So since January 14th, they have gotten rid of eight players and brought in eight new players. In the last 48 hours, they added six new players and got rid of six players. And honestly, gotten rid of six players. They also had to wave, like I said, four more players. So really they got rid of 10 in the last 48 hours. They have been extremely active and I was wrong. I did not expect them at all to be this active. They, they, they were easily the most active team at the trade deadline and they completely reshaped this roster. It was like, even still, I can't completely wrap my head around this trade deadline for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, They moved off of Boyan and Alec Burks. Let's start there. I had been saying for weeks, even last year, I said in a lost season, you should be maximizing the value out of your veterans. There's no point keeping the round. What are you going to do? You're going to try to win 11 games instead of nine. There's no reason. Get the assets you can for them. You don't need to keep them around. The season's lost. 
They didn't do that last year. My biggest concern that I voiced in the podcast that they wouldn't do it this year. I seriously thought at yesterday, when I went to bed yesterday, I did not think Boyan and Burks were I thought maybe Burks, but I did not think Boyan was going to be moved. And they moved off of not only Monte Morse, they moved off of Boyan, and they moved off of Alec Burks. So I'm happy they did that. I thought the decision that they made to maximize their the value of their vets was absolutely the correct one to make. I, I had been, like I said, I had been asking for it for weeks and they did it. I'm happy for it. Now, in a future episode, we'll talk about their asset management because a few years or last year, it sounded like there was better offer just for Boyan um, than the one that they got now. I know some people will argue about whether Quinn Grimes is worth more than a two late round, first round picks. You know, you can argue about that. But they ended up moving off with Boyan and Alec Burks and got a player in Quinn Grimes that is exactly what they need. A 3 and D type of player who is young and under control. Uh, uh, when I say under control, I mean team control contract-wise. And he fits what they need, a 3 and D player. They no longer have guys who just shoot threes and can't play defense. They no longer have guys that just play defense and can't shoot threes. These guys may not be superstars. These guys are not going to turn them into a playoff team by the end of this year. But they are going to have a more functional football, not football, a more functional basketball team for the rest of the year by adding a guy like Quinn Grimes. I'm extremely happy by adding him. I'm really high on Quinn Grimes. I, I remember, I believe over the last few weeks, we had mentioned him on the podcast a few times as a guy they could potentially go after. For a second there, I thought they acquired their first round pick back from the Knicks. If they did that, this would have been an A plus home run out of the park uh, kind of trade deadline for Troy Weaver. They did not do that. But Despite that, I, I think getting um, Quinn Grimes is still a really good get. Uh, a a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six wing, play, can play defense, shoot threes. I really like it. I, I like acquiring Quinn Grimes. Um, add on to that, we talked about Fontecchio yesterday. I really like adding him. Another wing who can play defense and shoot threes, movement threes. A guy who has a lot of professional basketball experience, maybe not NBA experience. He's 28, but he's played professional basketball for a long time. I really like adding him as well. We talked about him on yesterday's podcast. I've talked with a few Utah people. We'll we'll talk about that and him specifically, maybe in a future episode by the end of the week, maybe early next week. Uh, we also have some cool guests coming on in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Um, we'll talk about all this with them. But Fontecchio and Grimes, both guys who are wings that can shoot, and play defense. So the Pistons have been needing for years, and they addressed that this deadline. Another guy, Troy Brown Jr., a guy who, someone that is a friend of the podcast, Sham Mohill, who, again, I've said is the guy who got me involved in Detroit Pistons media stuff. Back when I was 18, he's been on the podcast multiple times. He lives in Minnesota. We talked with him um, earlier. Um, I was talking with him earlier about Troy, uh, Troy Brown Jr., and he just said that this is a guy that everyone liked in Minnesota. They just have so many wings like him that are all good. He was just one of the ones that fell out of the, the rotation. So this isn't like so, just some trash player that the Pistons got. This is a, a play, another player that theoretically, 6'7", 6'8", can spot up, hit threes, and be active defensively. This is a guy before this year, he shot 38% for the Lakers last year. He's shooting 37% for the T-Wolves this year. The last three years in the NBA, um, he's shooting around 36 37% over the last three seasons since joining the Chicago Bulls in 2021. I don't know how much he's going to play, but yes, again, another player that theoretically can shoot threes and play some defense. Just That's what the Pistons have needed. And along with this, as you can hear me, you know, you can put together here from what I'm saying, 
The Pistons now finally have some wing depth. They have not had this. I can't remember when the last time they've had uh, – uh, they were deep at the wing position. It's consistently been a weak spot for them. And now they have a Sar Thompson. They have Simone Fontecchio. They have Quinn Grimes. They have Troy Brown Jr. That is depth that they have not had in – I can't remember when. So I think that was by far the biggest deal of this is that they went out and acquired wings that actually can shoot while also not being a complete turnstile defensively. They also added multiple second-round picks to their arsenal, something I very much like. They added two first-round picks in this deal uh, with with the Knicks. They added another second-round pick in this deal, I believe, with the Sixers for Daniel House after they waived him. So they added a bunch of second-round picks as well to the arsenal. I believe they also got one with Monte Morris. Um, They added Shake Milton. Evan Fournier, Malachi Flair, I don't expect those guys to play much for the Detroit Pistons. Maybe Shake Milton, but I, I don't expect them to be playing major minutes. Um, Evan Fournier is a guy, I know they're at 15 now, but I wonder if they would buy out Evan Fournier. Um, I don't expect him to play either um, for the Pistons this year. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if he's a guy they buy out. Um, but those are the guys I don't expect them to play much. Those guys are just like salary filler. Um, but those other guys, I'm really happy with that return. I think that Troy Weaver and company were told that they had to make massive changes. And we questioned whether they were actually going to make these changes. I'll say adding all these guys along with Muscala and Gallinari, getting rid of eight players off your team and adding eight mid-season, mid-season and six of them happening in 48 hours, I think that's major change. They clearly made major change with this roster and something that you got to give credit to Troy Weaver for. They made all of these changes while also keeping their long-term flexibility. None of these guys are on contracts longer than next year. They all have team options or expiring contracts. Now, guys like Quinn Grimes, guys like Fontecchio, you expect them to be on the team past next year. So they'll eventually have some kind of you know cap hit past this season. But as of right now, all of them are just team options or expiring contracts. So they did not have to take on any long-term contracts. They can still be just as aggressive this offseason. So, I, look, I've been very critical of, of Troy Weaver all season, and I deservedly so. But I thought this deadline, I wouldn't say it was perfect, but I think it was pretty damn good. I think he did a pretty damn good job completely reshaping this roster and getting players around their core four that better fit and enable them to be the leaders of the team, not – Boyan to be the reason why they win because he went nuclear or Burks to be the reason why they won because he went nuclear. No, if they win games now, it's going to be because they have players that are enabling their core four guys to play their best basketball. And that's what you wanted to see all season this year. And I hope that that is the goal. It, it seems clear to me that's the goal, but I hope the coaching staff does this for the rest of the year and prioritizes the core four guys with these players that they have acquired. I think this is a fun and crazy absolutely crazy deadline for the Detroit Pistons. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. How do you guys feel about the deadline? How crazy was it? Do you guys like it? Do you guys dislike it? Do you think it was a good deadline? Let me know all that comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, what is the goal for the rest of the season with the Detroit Pistons after this, this just crazy deadline? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Nissan. 
Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The Nissan 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on from almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen informative system. The 2024 Rogue is the most perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Another one, the 2024 Nissan Armada will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore Further, in the 2024 Armada, take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure and shop at NissanUSA.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. What is the goal? Why did they make all these moves? What's their goal for the rest of the year with the Detroit Pistons? Well, this is going to take a while. I'm, I, this is going to be a long explanation for me. So get tuned up. You know, get, get your popcorn. Get ready. So I want to go. It really starts going all the way back to the beginning of the season. Now, there's been a lot of talk, obviously. I think it's absolute lunacy talk. I think most people agree. But there's obviously been talk about, hey, is this team better without Kay Cunningham? And I'm going to point out, and, and this is what the moves, you, you'll see why this all matters. From the beginning of the season to January 7th, when the that January 7th is when Cade went down with that knee injury, I believe against Denver. From that time until January 7th, the Pistons were 28th in the NBA in three-point percentage and 29th in the NBA in three-point attempts. Terrible. They did not have good three-point shooting. They did not have good spacing. The roster made no sense. And despite the fact that Cade had that great 24-game uh, stretch right after the first 12 games of the year um, before he went down with that knee injury, it didn't matter because the team did not have enough shooting around him. The vets weren't shooting well. They didn't have good shooters on the roster, all that kind of stuff. After January 7th, so from January 7th to now, February 8th, in that, a week after January 7th, they traded for Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari, two guys who are sharpshooters, two guys who have been shooting the ball really well for the Detroit Pistons and play the five position, which allowed the Pistons at times to go five out or to simply only have one player on the floor who can't shoot. Since that time, in this month's span, the Detroit Pistons have jumped from 29th to 19th in the NBA in three-point attempts, and they've jumped from 28th in the NBA in three-point percentage to fourth. Yes, you heard me, fourth in the NBA in three-point shooting. So what this and the Pistons obviously have won a few more games in this last month than they have for the entire season. So what this said what this said and told the front office and what the front office believes is that if they simply had put veterans that could space the floor, if they could sit, not even just veterans, just players around their, their, their young core that can space and shoot the basketball, this season would not have went as bad as it did. And they clearly very clearly, absolutely failed, bombed that past offseason in acquiring that. So their goal at the deadline was to then go get more of those type of players that fit around that 
and can, can they can put a better product on the floor with Cade, with Ivy, with Asar, with Duran, and see how it works for the rest of the year. Look, the Pistons are not going to make the plan. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to finish with a 500 record. However, if the Pistons can look at after January 7th, they went and added Gallinari and Muscala, two sharpshooters, two shooters. They went at the deadline and acquired Fontecchio. They acquired Quinn Grimes. They acquired Troy Brown Jr. While getting rid of Boyan, Alec Burks, who we'll touch on in just a second, and Killian Hayes and Isaiah Livers and Marvin Bagley and Monte Morris and Kevin Knox and Joe Harris. Like getting rid of those guys and replacing them with who they brought in, if that leads them from January 7th to the end of the year to be playing near 500 basketball, at the end of the year, which we'll talk about on the podcast, if this does happen, that's the hope. But they'll look at the end of the year and be like, look, we failed that past offseason. Absolutely bombed it. it. We completely and utterly failed. But after we tried to right the ship, after we got the right pieces around the core four guys, this team played near 500 basketball, and there's reason to believe that they will be good next year. Because once we finally had the right pieces, not even superstars, not stars, not near all-stars, heck, maybe not even above-average starters, simply guys that fit what they have and what they need, that leads to them playing near 500 basketball after January 7th, or technically January 14th is when they made the trip for Gallinari and Muscala. After that point moving forward, if that leads to them playing near 500 basketball, no, they didn't save this season. But you will walk away from this season feeling much better, I would say, about this team's future than the record would indicate at the end of the year, people would think. That is the goal of this season. And moving on to Boyan Alec Burks, like I said, like I mentioned that we were going to get to them. They were good veterans. Alec Burks, I say over the last like month and a half, he was a good veteran. But Boyan, they was a good veteran all along, okay? Good players. However, like we mentioned on the last episode when we talked about the trade for Fontecchio, Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich are guys who are going to eat up usage. They are going to eat up possessions. They are going to eat up pick and roll reps. They are going to eat up isolation reps. They're going to eat up post-up reps when it comes to Boyan Bogdanovich. Those guys are taking away possessions from Ivy, from Cade, from Asar, from Duran. They're taking possessions away from them. Moving on from, and obviously they're terrible defensively. Those guys were, were you know, look, they were great vets, good players. I hope they have a great career. You know, obviously they've already had a great career, but hopefully they, you know, have a great success wherever they go. But they were bad defensively and they soaked up possessions offensively. Along with what we just talked about, the other goal was, if the Pistons are going to win games from now on, remember like last week I talked in the podcast that I didn't think the young core actually was playing like infinitely better. I thought they only had been winning games because either Gallinari had like a 24 point game, best game in like four years, or Boyan would go nuclear or Burks would go nuclear or Mike Muscala would hit five threes. Like that's why I thought the Pistons were winning some of those games. Now for the rest of the year, it's not going to be because if they win games because of Boyan going nuclear and soaking up possessions or Alec Burke soaking up possessions and going nuclear. It's not going to be because of that. It's going to be because Cade goes off and he has a good team around him. It's going to be because Ivy plays well, goes off and has a team around him. Same thing with the SAR, Durant. Like those four guys are going to be, if they win games, those four guys will be the ones leading the charge. And they have guys around them in Quinn Grimes, in Fontecchio, in Troy Brown Jr., in these guys and obviously Muscala and Gallinari, who are low usage, off-ball shooters and can defend. 
They're not going to soak up a ton of possessions trying to go pick and rolls. They're not going to soak up possessions trying to isolate. These guys are going to move well off ball, especially Fontecchio. They're going to relocate off ball. They're going to space out the basketball floor, and they're going to compete on the defensive end. They're going to enable Ivy to play how he played last night when he dropped 37 points. They're going to enable Cade to play how he played for that 24-game stretch before going down with the knee injury. They're going to enable Duran to play better. They're going to enable Asar to play better. They're also going to allow you to get functional for uh, uh, five-man units and minutes with the core four on the floor together. That's what they're going to do. So that is the goal for the rest of the season. The rest of the season is to see, can this core four, if you put pieces around them that fit, can they lead you? Not to be a playoff team. No one's expecting these four guys to be already good enough to be a top playoff team. That's not the expectation. But can they not be the worst team in the NBA? Can they show promise? Can they play near 500 basketball for the rest of the year? Can they be the reason why they the Pistons win games? That is the goal for the rest of the year. So if at the end of the year, the Pistons are still, like after this moment, they lose a ton of games and they're still playing terrible basketball, there will be conversations you have to have about the core four at the end of the season that maybe people don't want to have. But I expect, and this is the expectation of the front office, I'd say the expectation of most of the fan base is that now with these type of players on the roster, based off how they played since even acquiring two guys who were even in the rotation with Washington, two guys who simply could space the floor out in Muscala and Gallinari, acquiring these guys and now putting the ball and, and giving that usage from Burks and Boyan to the hands of Cade and Ivy and Duran and Asar. The hope is that those guys will lead this team to close to 500 basketball for the rest of the year, play really well, and then you can ride off into the offseason and say, look, we failed last offseason. The season ended off with a bad record. But after we made these moves and put the right pieces around these guys, we saw that these four guys are the right four guys to build around. And we messed up to start off. Those guys didn't. Those guys are the right guys, and we know what we have to go address now. We need to be. We need to go be aggressive because these guys can do it. That's the goal for the rest of the year. And we'll see if it actually, if that plans out. I think that's what everyone expects. That's what everyone's hoping for. I expect it to happen. I think they're going to play good basketball. Not, I, okay, good basketball suggests it'll be like above 500. I don't know about that. But I expect them to play basketball that you maybe expected this year. Like a lot of people expect them to win like 32 games this year, 33 games. I expect them to be on that kind of win pace over the rest of the season. That's what I expect. And if they can do that, I think a lot of people will feel good about where they're heading. It took a long time. It should have been done last offseason. It should not have taken the worst start to to a season in NBA history for this to happen, for them to save their young core, for them to put the right pieces around their young core. But they eventually did it. Tom Gore has followed through on the promise of change. And we'll see what happens for the rest of the year. I think they're going to hit that goal. I think it's going to look good. I think all of us. Everyone's going to feel a lot better about this core and this team moving into the future after these moves. Let me know if you guys think that that goal will be reached. Do you guys think that is the goal? Do you guys have different goals for the rest of the year? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, what will be the starting lineup now for the rest of the year? They've completely reshaped everything. What's going to be the starting lineup now for the Detroit Pistons? We'll talk about that when we come back. But before we get into any of that, I have to tell you guys about one of my favorite sponsors, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They are the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. There are two 
major things with Prize Picks that make it my favorite daily fantasy sports platform option out there. Number one, you can do cross sports entries with just about any sport you can think of: basketball, football, football, hockey, basketball, baseball. Heck, you can even go to sports overseas. You can do esports. Yes, esports are a sport. Don't want to hear it from you guys. You can do all kinds of cross sports entries with Prize Picks. That makes it so much more fun and brings the variety and options of what you can do to just limitless options. And then, by far, I think the best thing about Prize Picks, the best thing that maybe any possible daily fantasy sports platform could have is their injury insurance policy if you play daily fantasy sports you know that injuries can ruin everything for you but with price picks let's say if you have a football or basketball player and they get hurt in the first half in your entry other places you're screwed it's over with you're done it is what it is but with price picks that player is automatically rebooted that is by far the best thing about price picks and it makes it the best sports daily sports or fantasy sports platform out there I, if you if you play daily fantasy sports, trust me, you know how big time that is. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedInNBA and use code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's go to pricepicks.com slash LockedInNBA and use code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy with price picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, man, this was just this was insane deadline. Absolutely crazy deadline. The Pistons move off of Boyan, move off of Burks. They wave Joe Harris, one of their offseason acquisitions. They traded Monte Morris. Or basically a second round pick, I would just sum it up to. They waived their former seventh overall pick in Killian Hayes. The Killian Hayes era is done in Detroit, which I think a lot of Pistons fans are happy about. Moved off of Burks, like I said, moved off of Kevin Knox. It, it, this was crazy. This I did not expect this. I was completely wrong about how active they would be. Things changed like that. Just like that. Even James, I, I believe, wrote like three days ago that it was possible it was just going to be a really quiet deadline. And things can change. That, that just lets you know in the NBA, you can be told one thing, you can be thinking one thing one second, and just just like that, it, things can completely change. I was not expecting this. This was crazy. Um, but what is going to be the starting lineup for the Detroit Pistons the rest of the year? I have absolutely no clue. On one hand, it, the core of four should be the primary goal. It should be... at the top of the priority list to find out, can these guys play together? Can they play well together with the right pieces around them? Can they play well? That should be by far the very number one priority for this team the rest of the year. So with thinking that, you'd think that they would start those four guys and then start, I would assume, Fontecchio with those guys. Maybe Quinn Grimes, but I would expect Fontecchio with them. That's what I would do. I would start those guys and then Fontecchio with them in the starting lineup. Do I believe they'll do that? I until they don't until they decide not to bench or start Isaiah Stewart, I'm not going to believe they're not going to start him. So I'm going to assume that we're going to see Cade, Ivy, Stu, Duran. I don't believe they're going to start Sar in that third spot, as they shouldn't. They need spacing. They can't have three guys that aren't really drawing attention. Even if Stu's shooting okay, he doesn't draw attention. So they can't have that. So if they go with 
um, Cade, Ivy, Stu, Duran. I still think it probably is going to be Fontecchio in that third spot. Um, or Grimes. I don't think Troy Brown's going to start. I, I don't think that's an option. Um, I think those, I don't think also Mike Muscala is going to start again. I think the, the, the only two options I can see is that you start a star with either, um, with either Fontecchio or why am I just like going blank? Fontecchio or Grimes, my goodness, um, with the SAR, or you start Stu with Fontecchio or Grimes. I don't think it's even remotely possible that you'd see a SAR and Stu, but maybe I shouldn't rule anything out with what we've seen from this year. Um, but like I said, with the goal, primary goal seeing if these four guys can fit together, I think you have to start them for the rest of the year. Like you absolutely have to. And then just play one of the guys you acquired with them. And then off the bench, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen off the bench. Like, I, I don't even want to try to come on here and speculate because it's going to be such a mess. I have no clue. I mean, like, um, maybe Milton, Sasser, Grimes, or Fontecchio. I mean, the wing rotation is just so, like, crazy right now. I, it could be any of Fontecchio, Grimes, or Asar in that backup three spot. Um, and then Stu and Muscala. That would be my assumption of like the 10 man rotation, something like that. Um, but who knows? I mean, you never know with this team uh, and the bench is so crazy right now. There's so many options now that who knows what they're going to do. I don't expect Fournier to play at all. I do not expect, expect Malachi Flynn to play at all. I don't know if Troy Brown's going to play at all, but I, maybe he does, but I don't know if he will. Maybe they just put Sasser at point guard. Maybe they just have him be the point guard. And then they run like Grimes, Troy Brown, um, uh, Muscala and Stu together. Maybe maybe that's like the bench line, but who knows? I don't know what their plan is, but the starting lineup, all I know is, is I believe that you should 100% make the core four of the starting lineup in the starting lineup. They should be the priority, and then you either pick Fontecchio or Grimes to start with them. Whichever one you think, I think Fontecchio fits best with them, but I think that is what I would do and should be the goal, but we'll see what Monty decides to do. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys, man. This was a crazy, crazy deadline. Um, again, I just want to emphasize this. Troy Weaver making all these moves and adding these guys to help them for the rest of the year while also maintaining that long-term flexibility in that cap space, that is a bit that is big time. I'll give him extreme credit for that. Because it's really hard to acquire guys to help for the rest of the year while also maintaining that. Usually you have to take on contracts and take on long-term salary. They did not do that at all, not once. So I, even with the guys they waived, they didn't have to do that. So I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but yeah, man, that's all I've got for you guys today. Let me know what you guys think about all of this. Comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kooka Hill. Um, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Until next time, man. Whew. Peace out.